Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, uh, our first uh, podcast of October the 11th. Yep. Sorry about last week. It was... 2022. The, yeah, it was the uh, Yum Kipper. Yum Kipper. Yum Kipper. Now it's... Did I think it's today's... Well? well, after the day was over, I did. I don't eat during the whole entire That's day. why they call it Yum Kipper. Yummy, yummy Kipper. Yummy Kipper sardine. And what's today, you said? I think... Mm, I want to say today, I think, is the start of Sukkot. What you uh. do is... Uh, you usually, the very religious, will eat in a sukkah, which is a thatch-roofed, palm-branched type Tiki of- bar. Kind of pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I, I, always, I always tell the guys at the temple, I'm like, hey, you want to have sukkah? Come to my house. And you eat outside, and you do a couple little shakes of this little lemon thing, and you take a little leaf, you go left, you go right, and, you, and as usual, the very religious, well, we drink. I'm not, I'm not religious, very religious, religious but they, they drink. They sh- the religious take- drink and you don't drink? Yeah, the schnapps. The sh- I mean, I drink, but they they really can schnapps. pour on. <laughs> there was a joke was, uh, you know, on Saturday nights, you know, Friday, Saturdays, the Orthodox, the uh, very religious Jews, they don't, um, they don't drive, they don't watch TV, they don't uh, turn on electrical, they don't do any of that stuff, right? So a guy comes over and uh, has uh, the, the Friday night uh, with the, the, the religious family and they're drinking and they're drinking and they're drinking and they're schnapps and schnapps and schnapps. And... Uh, the guy says, now, now it makes sense to me why you don't drive on Shabbat. They're all... They're, they're plastered. All plastered up. And they drink yeah, good stuff. Yeah, with a, a headache to come. Yeah, next day. Well, so anyway, a lot going on since last week, obviously. Uh, every day there's a lot going on. It's, 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 we're at peak annoying right now. It's a wild ride. It, 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 but if you, if you really do follow... You know, there's one thing looking, oh, the Dow was up a little bit today and the NASDAQ was down and... You know, gold was here or there, or you know, bonds were there. But if you really spend some time looking at the various things that move markets throughout the day right now, it is it is pretty unbelievable because of the incredible amount of I, w- I would say government intervention or involvement that is just really horrible. And there's a few things we're going to talk about tonight. We had the market rallying hard last week. A big, big market move. Then at the end of the week, it faded. And today we had, today, today was a nice move higher till about three o'clock. And then everything just, the, the shit hit the fan. It's unbelievable. We'll talk about that. Mm. The Nobel Peace Prize, or the Nobel Prize, not the Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize was awarded to uh, an interesting bald fellow. So that that uh, is something that uh, the more I think about who it was awarded to, the more I'm like, uh, and why it was awarded. I'm like, uh I don't get it. You're talking about the Nobel Prize for Economics. Correct. Makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, it's pretty sketchy. Yep. Uh, there's a new ETF that has been recently been filed with the, I guess, the SEC for the formation. It's the Inverse Kramer ETF. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pissed. Oh, he's I'll pissed. Bet you. Well, yeah. what, he wouldn't be pissed if he'd do a better job. 
You know, what was funny was today there was a stock that was, let's see, it was Novavax. And I think it's N Novavax. It's the, the it's one of the alt um, vaccine companies. Right. And they go back and forth and back and forth. Well, today it's up a lot. Why? The news item and headline that I saw was it's the inverse Kramer effect taking root, where he said that he would be selling this and selling it all the way down, and it was up like 12 or 15% today. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So maybe there's something catching on to the, the peeps. The IMF poops on and possible on the possible party. They're just party poopers galore today with some of their news. And there's a lot of scare tactics going on. I got an email that I'm going to read you the headlines of that. Re- I was like, are they really providing me this kind of information all in one email? For what purpose? Who are they? And why are they sending this to me? So, Jamie Dimon was out this week. He is the CEO of J.P. Morgan, which earnings will be coming out later this week, along with a few other names in the business. Citigroup is this week. Then we start with all the banks, the financials, you know, Bank of America, Wells, um, Truist, and all the rest that will be out there. And then we'll see some more financials. And the week after that, we'll start trickling in some of the technology companies that everybody's really worried about. And then it really picks up speed after that. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average, my friend, hit 29,010 on the low Monday. Yeah. Almost just a, a hair away from breaking down before below 29,000. And people thought you were nuts when you were saying, eh, maybe it's a good buy when it's under 30. Yeah. Well, that was a while back. It went that far back, though. It was pretty much heading this direction. Yeah, it was definitely heading this direction. But... I am pretty amazed at how quickly confidence has been lost in the central banks, in the government, in the markets, in companies, in earnings, in the financial systems. I mean, like, boom, gone. And and this guess, brings up. I guess the confidence wasn't that, wasn't based on much, if that's the case. It's like anything else, right? It's, it's <laughs> you know what be- I mean? Yeah, it's behavioral finance, right? It's It's just... Human emotions. Everybody's a tough guy till you get whacked in the chin. I'm reminded of a column I wrote years ago, kind of ridiculing Canada about something. It was in PC Magazine. It's probably in the late 80s. And it was, the column was called Canada O Canada. And I had this running gag. It says, you know how you, when you have to go, when you go to Canada, you got to remember to set your watch back 15 years. Um <laughs> <laughs> joke, joke like that. And so somebody says that this is, that was a negative column, but somebody sends me a note says, you have ruined the relationships between Canada and the United States for all eternity. And I sent back and I said, what are you talking about? It's one lone column by some one guy. That's not even possible. And he said, you know, well, you're right. <laughs> Backed off. But it was like, people just jump to these, they jump off a cliff for no good reason. Everybody is a tough guy until they're confronted. You know, they always say about the bully, right? The bully at school. All you have to do is confront yeah. him, but who wants to do that? Yeah, no, well, you don't want to because <laughs> no. you still get beat up. Yeah. Um, so we're calling this, we're going to, we're going to actually, I'm going to tell you the name of this episode. We don't usually do that. And I'm going to tell you the title of this episode during the episode before it comes out. And it's called yeah. Dvorak's Prophecy. Because 
it's coming to fruition. I think that's what, isn't that what prophecies do? They come to fruition? I don't know if they do. I guess they, they're supposed to. Well, like they can come, but that's, if they do, it's not like realized or uh, happening. It's fruition. That's the word you use, right? Yeah. So it's a good word. Fruition. Uh, what is that, you may ask? Well, uh, you, you for many years, you've been talking about that the potential downfall of Western economics and the world financial system is once again going to be a massive bond collapse. That has been your steadfast call. Yeah, to- it wasn't an original thought at the time, but I've stuck with it. Yeah. So what's happening now is that we're seeing that. We're seeing that there is a collapse happening because of all the things we just mentioned, right? All the lack of confidence and all the things. Uh, UK is in distress. The United Kingdom, England is in, in, in the balls deep in problems right now. And a lot of it happened when the new prime minister took over for the, you know, partying and uh, bad man Johnson and uh, decided, well, you know, I think that we want to give a big tax break to the <laughs> yeah. the wealthy and it's, it's going to be unfunded, you know, and, and, and that's going to just, nobody's going to m- mind that at all. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, everybody said, uh, you know, if you're going to have a tax cut and it's going to be only for the wealthy and you're not going to fund it, wait, wait a second. There's there's all of a sudden a problem with the overall financial budget balance. So they had to reverse it. They had to step in. They had to come in, not only support the currency, but support the bonds. They bought gilts. They bought the equivalent of tips. And, and, and wait till you hear what they did. This is... There's a great discussion we're going to have about what is going on chronologically in the UK and even what happened today, which, by the way, was the reason that the markets fell off a cliff after 2.30 this afternoon. Unbelievable. So there's no reprieve in the markets, no good news. Any good news is bad news. Bad news is bad news. The NASDAQ now closes today at over a two-year low taking out most of the gigantic pandemic move that we saw. Yeah, which is interesting because this effect didn't happen uh, in the 1918 uh, charts from the Spanish flu. Everything was going along swimmingly, pretty much following the same course until this most recent thing. There There was no example. This didn't happen then. Right, we went into the roaring 20s at that point. It took a couple of years. It went into the roaring 20s. And it took a number of years for things to really just hit the shitter, right? It was 23, the panic in 1923. And it was years later. So it should have happened. This was happening now. If it's a true panic and it just doesn't correct overnight, which doesn't look likely, uh, it should start. I mean, it would, it, this should have taken place two, two or three years from now. Yeah, like 26, we'll call it. 25, 26. So... This, this whole situation is coming true again. This prophecy, fruition, is coming to fruition. The bond market is broke. It's just broken. It's, it's just broken. Poor leadership. U.S. Um, and around the world, central bankers trying to break inflation through recession, and now they're starting to break things. We talked about this last, not last week, but the week before, this idea that things are going to break, right? That was, the, that was the headline. That was the title of the show, Breaking Things, um, was two weeks ago. And, and, and I got to tell you something. I am not at all thrilled from a person that has 
any money involved in anything, right? It doesn't matter if I'm invested a lot or a little or invested here or over there. But as a person that is invested personally, as an investment advisor, I mean, it's like, wait a second, what are you guys doing? And it's interesting because even a small amount of investment right now is not looking so good. Now, it doesn't look, It's it, 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 if you're fully invested, you're really getting whacked. You're getting hammered. You're getting yeah. hammered if you're fully invested in NASDAQ or the stocks, or if you're long bonds, really ugly. I mean, if you're diversified, it's a little bit less, definitely less. But um, it's still not pleasant when you have a situation. I've talked to a lot of people uh, and clients, and, and I tell them one thing, I said, very simple. You know, everything is being hit. Everything. Yeah, even if you're in all cash, you're getting hit. You're getting hit from an inflationary standpoint. Right now, cash at uh, Schwab that we deal with is 2.7%. Not bad. No, that's actually not bad at all. The, we I just picked up a bond for a client today, a treasury, a one-year treasury. That way you're only losing eight, you're only losing six or 7% on your money. Right, as opposed to 35%. Yeah, well. Right, when you add the, the loss in the markets... And the, um, so it would be 7, 32%. So uh, I picked up a treasury today at 4.2% for a one-year treasury. Not bad. I'll take that. I have taken that. So uh, better, better than we were a year ago where, where interest rates were, what, 0.2? Something like that? There was, no, there was nothing. Yeah. And this week, it's going to be even more volatile starting tomorrow. We have a lot of economics coming out. We got the PPI, which is the producer price index, which is the wholesale inflation number. We have CPI. We have the minutes from the Fed tomorrow at 2. Freaking blowhards. I am so aggravated. I can't even, I can, I can, as my grandmother would say, I could, I could just spit. <laughs> I'm so mad I could just spit. Is that something you've heard? Yeah, that's an old phrase. An old phrase. I could just spit. Um, because you know they're not dumb. You know they're not ignorant or ignoring. Something else is going on. And I'm contending, this is back from the discussion where we talked about modern monetary theory. I, I have this very strange feeling that this is all a giant experiment. I'm not gonna say simulation experiment. What do you th- do? You think it's possible? Oh, you think they're they're toying with the MMT mm-hmm. uh, uh, just to see, like looking at everything as well. Maybe wow, we, this is a good time to test it, mm-hmm. see what we get, see what happens, and then we'll know. Because they could be forgiven. So during the pandemic, all this excess money that was plastered upon. Oh, everybody in businesses, you know, everybody got, you know, a thousand for you, a thousand for you, a thousand, right? It was like the Oprah Winfrey show when everybody got a car. Remember that? Yeah, they're, they're still kind of doing that. They're doing that. And I think that maybe at that time they were forgiven for, for being so overly generous because of this horrible situation that was going on. And I think now they can, in a, in a real perverse way, they can they can look at it and say, well, you know, we were generous back then. So if we take a little bit back, you know what? Nobody can be mad at us. Well, they're taking it back from everybody. They didn't give it to everybody. Well, everybody did profit. A lot of people in the markets profited handsomely. And if they were still on margin, like a lot of the pension plans are in UK and what's going on there, poof, you know, really a problem. So the FOMC minutes will come out this week. They're probably going to be just as hawkish as they've been. They've had the parade out. There was like seven speakers on Friday. 
all saying the same thing. You know, inflation is uh, has to be broken and blah, 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 blah you know? Um, so uh, we have retail sales coming out, import-export prices, University of Michigan. So here's the numbers. PPI is expected to be 0.3. This is 8.30 tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, the, the 12th of October. PPI, the wholesale inflation coming in at about 0.3. Last month um, was about there. Um, CPI is expected to be 0.2. This is all month over month. So that's not terrible. But, you know, again, look over year over year. It's still going up. These need to zero out to negative to bring down inflation. The core PPI, which is excluding food and energy, is expected to be 0.4, a little bit hotter. And CPI excluding food and energy, which I don't know. It's like, let's exclude. Let's exclude the big boys. Yeah, let's exclude your weight if we just take off your arms and legs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Core weight excluding arms and legs. Yeah, 52 pounds, looking good. You know, it's just, how ridiculous is, is, is this kind of thing? Because the, one of the reasons they do that is that Food and energy are volatile inputs. So they try to normalize the numbers. So th there's some good reason why to do that, to give all and the it different makes, It makes you look good. I mean, let's face it. Food is way up. They think it's generally, I've looked at these different numbers. It looks like it's up about 40% in, on all categories. And energy is up about 40, 50%. And some people, they talk about their heating bills and, and other bills like the electricity, it's up 100% in some areas. And especially in, in, in uh, Europe. Wow. U European energy is just Yeah, ridiculous. they're getting pounded. Yeah, pounded, yep. Mm -hmm. So earnings are going to start. Uh, so this is a big week. We're going to see that Friday. So we got big, we have a lot to get through over the next few days. Now, if in fact, a little predictive discussion here, if in fact we see just the a reasonable hint of the inflation numbers not being hot, hotter, not hot, but hotter than the expectations. I think you got a good shot of seeing a decent, uh, you know, reversal. There's a lot of people on the short side of things right now. A lot of people shorting, you know, shorting bonds, uh, shorting stock, shorting everything. And they've been doing very well. You got to wonder you know, if, if there's so much on that side that if there's any kind of surprise under, you know, CPI comes under, that there'll be, you know, some kind of big rally. Now, whether or not that's sold because of all the other things that are going on around the world, right? It's not just this anymore. It's, it's now some things are breaking around the world. We have oil prices up. We have Russia now trying to, you know, continually bomb. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it used to be an eye for an eye. Now it's a bridge for a bridge, seems to be. Yeah, they blew up that bridge, it seems to me, to keep this war. I mean, the Ukrainians blew up the bridge. But it's totally passable already. How did that happen? What well, they only blew up really half. The bridge is it's like a two, it's like these different bridges. You start to see these things all over the place. We have them all over the place here. There's a side-by-side -side bridges, and they blew up the one side that has, the, you know, half the traffic and the train. Let me ask you a question. If you were in charge... If you were in charge of the let's bring down the bridge brigade, don't you think you'd have a couple of uh, bombs going to each side and making it happen? Or no, just one side. What's the point? You can still pass. Yeah, but the point I think was for the, the show is a really nice explosion. 
Oh, it was. It was wonderful. And that one car that just got bumped up, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> it just got a boop. Man. I mean, obviously other people lost their lives in that, but um it's surprisingly few. And then Russia comes in with a lot more. And then you, Ukraine, I, I, this is a topic for another discussion for you and I. And, and you're probably covering this on No Agenda. I'm sure you are, by the way. This is uh, No Agenda, which is Thursdays and Sundays. Adam Curry, John Dvorak, uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, dissecting and and, and, and taking the, the news and finding just irregularities with it and trying to put it back together. So it's a dissection and uh, and and a rebuild. That's that's kind of what it is, right? Kind of. We, we're very picky. We we hear things that, you know, the little uh, tells that people laugh in the middle of a comment, and it's almost I, it's very strange. The show has become very strange with the with the kind of analysis we're doing. You because you're doing like a Tourette's analysis is what you're doing. There's a Tourette's aspect to it because people go on and say, "Well, he Adam came up with a brand new one." Where, where people all of a sudden jack up a word right in the middle of their sentence, which is another kind of, it's not the laugh tell. We'd like to, uh, you know, find people that are talking about, you know, why these cars are all <laughs> going all over the place. And it's like, what's the reason for laughing in the middle of that sentence? And it turns out this is just a, a tell for lying about something. But now there's this new one, which is uh, totally fascinated me. So give me At an example. On the give, last me, show. Give, me, give me, give me, give me a sentence. Yeah, well, we've done everything we can to do uh, to, to work with the boys and the girls, the transsexuals and the men out there and the women. Oh, um, <laughs> it's almost like a Jerry Lewis thing where ladies, uh, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so so the other thing, you, you, I, I personally, I love all this stuff. This whole do. I do believe I do agree. That's my particular thing. It's a pet, yeah. more, I, I think it's more of a pet peeve than an yeah. actual saying something, because I was thinking about this, as you say, and, you, and when I listen to you guys, some of the stuff sticks in your head all day, sticks in your head all day going, huh, what a, hmm, what does that mean? And you start listening for these things, right? You start listening around for these. Yeah, well, of that's things. actually part of the, part of the genius of the show is to point certain things out that people now have to look for. And I do believe which I never heard before, except in sports where you have the, the athlete come out at the end of the games. I do believe that we did well. And it's, I kept always found it annoying that you had the sexual word do. Do you believe or do you do believe? Well, I mean, what's the difference? I will share and with you that you, you do it all the time, by the way. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but it is also a process of a positive versus a negative. So, I do believe, I don't believe. So if I don't believe something, I have to say I don't believe something, right? I have to use the word don't. Would you agree with that? You're trying to pin me down here? Go ahead, oh, yes. Yes. So I do believe is, uh, I think, a reasonable thing to say if I'm utilizing the do and the don't. Yeah, nobody does that. No. You're just, this is like a, this is what I call an artificial construct, which, you, which you're dreaming up here. The point is, is that... Uh, I don't care and I care is really the, the, the basis for this. Say that again, please. It's not I do care. Yeah. I care. As opposed to I don't care. So you're saying the positive doesn't need a modifier? Not at all. Okay. And the question I ask, and I'll ask it to you, 
is what is the difference between I believe this to be true and I do believe this to be true. What's the difference? Uh, somehow I feel, I'm just, you're asking me a question, I'm telling you the answer. Now I like the way I like that you feel, go on. Somehow I feel, I somehow I do believe that it provides a much, it's an emphasis word, it's an emphasizer. How's that? So, so the word believe, yes. I believe, yes. needs emphasis? No, but I'm saying it can be, and that's what the do in front does. Then why don't you go or with, did, I really I do before. believe. I really do believe. See, it makes it sound like you don't believe at all when you say, I really do believe. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I just don't like it. I mean, people can argue against it, and even Adam doesn't care for this complaint of mine, but it's a complaint. We're going to put this in the category of taking off your shoes while going through the airport scanner. <laughs> yeah. Some people may not be offended by this or think that maybe the area should be disinfected. Maybe once a that day That would least, be you. That would be me. <laughs> uh, I, do I, I, I do think about this. I think about this. I think about, I really do think about this. Before I go to an airport, I'm like, uh, what do I got? What am I wearing? What am I wearing? Okay. And you hate it. And I don't wear, I, I will never wear shoes without socks with going on a plane. In the event, people in the, do that all the time. I think it's this guy. I agree with you. It's disgusting to see somebody's bare feet in the airport. And then they walk in. I'm like, when? And I always say to the TSA, when's the last time you disinfected this? I think we should never. get some kind of a device that disinfects. Get some bowling ball shoe spray. Yeah, something. Terrible, terrible. Okay, so we talked about that. IMF. Okay, here's where things start getting ugly. The IMF today, the International Monetary Fund, came out with a prediction that global growth will slow to 2.7% next year, which is about a quarter of a percentage point lower than it did in July. So we're talking about July, August, September, two months. They're already dropping it down. Now, you may think, well, what's a quarter of a percent? That's a lot of overall growth. That's a lot of dinero. And it anticipates 2023 will feel like a recession for millions around the world. Probably billions is what they're thinking. Now, yeah, here's probably because it will be a recession. Go on. But here's what they said. This is the IMF. These, these are the kind of things you don't want to hear. The worst is yet to come. <laughs> for many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. And more than a third of the global economy will see two consecutive quarters of negative growth, while the three largest economies, the United States, the European Union, and China, will continue to slow, the report said. So that's not really encouraging. That kind of flipped people out this morning in a bad way. And then they realized, wait a minute, whoa, if we're slowing down like that, at that level, that speed and velocity, maybe the Fed will lay off a little bit. I think that's what drove the markets up pretty dramatically. Yeah, that would be the logic. Yeah. Uh, Nobel Prize. I'm going to bang through a couple of stories here. Nobel Prize. The winner? The winner? Uh, there's three winners, actually. But one of them was Ben Bernanke. Yeah, for what? He won this year's Nobel Economics Prize on Monday for laying out the foundation of how the world now manages global crises like the recent pandemic or the Great Recession of 2008. He's a student of the Depression, recessions of the past, but he didn't somehow see that maybe there was some problems in the economy in 2006, 2007, 2008, as the financial system was starting to overboil and cook and then implode. Not only domestically here in the U.S., but around the world. So I guess the Nobel Prize, it was more of the 
academia behind what he did rather than the actions that he took. Well, I tried to read between the lines on this uh, award and I couldn't figure out why they gave it to him. I, I may, Maybe it's because to create some confidence around the things that are being done today with monetary maybe, policy? Maybe that may be the only reason. Create some confidence around these some of these bonehead decisions. And uh, they're still, as far as I can tell, they're still just flailing in the dark. Yeah. They don't, you, we don't know where the interest rates are going to go up another point at 0.75 or nothing. I mean, it's going to go up at least 0.75, I'd guess. Yeah, I, I, it's... Uh... Yeah, I, it, I actually, who was, oh, let me, let me skip to that. Let me get this to, let me go down to your, uh, nope, this is not it. Okay, so speaking of that, you know, where is, where are things going to go? And this is the bad news headlines section. This is the email that I got today from some group called the Wealth Advisor. It was emailed to me, the Wealth Advisor which I don't trust any of these names because, you know, we have things like uh, Americans for a Concerned Democracy or something like that, right? That are actually yeah. maybe... They're you know, socialists. Social, or so, you know, these kinds of things, just because they have a name doesn't make it mean anything. But the Wealth Advisor sends me an email today, which I, by the way, have requested to be opted out. And this is the headlines they put out today. Within this email, it's kind of short story clips and the headlines. Mark Mobius says the Fed will hike rates as high as 9% if inflation is, stays high. Bank of America sees new lows for U.S. stocks as inflation shock ain't over. Billionaire investor Ray Dalio predicts recession, high interest rates. Top economist Mohammed El Arian says Europe recession is a done deal. That was the email. What was the point? Just to get everybody more upset, maybe it's a shorting outfit. Uh, maybe it might be a shorting outfit. Just be careful what you read. Be careful of the headlines. Listen, read, be, be behind all of it. Okay, uh, time for selling. Tax loss harvesting is in the air. It's the end of the year, and now a lot of people are starting to think about this whole idea of tax loss har uh, harvesting. It's a good time to start thinking about it. Uh, yeah, we start thinking about that it. That was and, the time. Yeah, and one of the things that people- should depress the market further. Correct. And October is a notoriously big time because there was some laws passed under the uh, 1986 Tax Reform Act that talked about um, selling and their fiscal for mutual funds, so therefore they have to do it by October 31st. And uh, a lot may be- moving a lot heavier on that. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Now, if you remember. Why did they have to do it by October 31st? Know, there's some weird rule about uh, tax law selling by the end of the year and their end of the year is fiscal October 31st. And this is only the mutual funds? Yeah. I don't know if it's ETFs. I have to think about hmm. that for a second. I don't think it's ETFs. I think it's just mutual funds. Uh, they have a lot less pass through because mutual funds are required to pass through all of the uh, gains and losses. I think it's 90 is it like 95% or 90 something percent, 92% of the gains and losses to individuals or holders of the mutual funds um, that are holding them after that point. So after the point of record, whatever that, that, that date is. So, uh, 
But what's interesting is that we we often see these kinds of things happen end of year, right? With people selling to take any kind of tax losses or gains at the end of the year. And we have yeah. something called the January effect. And January effect is that sometime in December, a lot of especially small caps are sold off to take any losses. And people wait 30 days so they don't have a wash sale to buy back the stock and usually get a big move in many of the names that were washed out sometime in December, we'll call it. So 30 days later. So there is something known as the November effect when it comes to certain positioning of the uh, rebuy by mutual funds that had to sell them in October. Mm. I'm not holding my breath. But just some, something interesting to, to think about. The Twitter deal is on again, off again, and I think it's on again now as of this moment. And somehow, magically, Musk has agreed to buy it for 5420. Isn't that weird? I thought it was peculiar. He all of a sudden says out of nowhere, hey, you know what? Uh, okay, I'll buy it. And a lot of discussion is being made with respect to the idea that he didn't want to testify. He doesn't want to be, you know, go to a deposition. Well, maybe it could be uh, discovery. That he might be afraid of discovery. Yeah, they'll find some more girlfriends in the closet, some more kids. <laughs> and it'll, it'll become maybe. public or something of that nature, you know? Um, what's interesting I about- I mean, a lot of stuff came out already in this early discovery for that, whatever the suit was. Yeah. And it was embarrassing. Yeah. I don't think he really cares about being embarrassed. Do you think? Uh, yeah. I kind of agree with you there. He doesn't yeah. seem to really care about being embarrassed. If he did, he would, <laughs> if he did, he probably wouldn't do half the things he does. So here's the deal though. Here's really kind of what's fascinating about this. So when he started this journey on buying um, I'm buying the stock. He had lenders lined up. Bank of America, Barclays, Mitsubishi, bunch of bunch of names out there. And um, they were going to provide $13 billion of debt financing for the deal. Now, what happened is that they were going to probably offload that stuff once it came in, and it was a guaranteed rate of X amount of dollars uh, at a certain percentage. So let's say that that was a deal that was at 4%, let's just say, Okay. So now who the hell is going to buy that debt at 4%? So they're probably going to have to either jack the price up or take a loss and a haircut on it. The losses are established right now and estimated to be at about $500 million if the debt was sold now. So on the $13 billion debt financing, when it's offloaded, it's probably going to cost the banks $500 million to offload that $13 billion because they were promised a certain amount and probably locked in with Musk to pay a certain amount. And therefore, nobody's buying it. Therefore, it's going to cost, um, it's going to take the price down. And they'll have to make up the difference. Hey, like that. Screw them. Screw the banks. The banks can't back out. Can they? I don't know how these, they've never seen the contract. I don't know. Let, let's assume the banks. Probably not. Let, let's assume the banks can back out by contract. Let's just assume that for a second. I'm sure that there is some kind of phrase, uh, paragraph in there somewhere that is an out clause that says, hey, you know what? If in fact this or that or whatever it is, you know, you feel the risk isn't there by the time of closing, the banks can always say, hey, we're not doing this. And, and there was something about the banks 
having to back this deal in order for it to go through. And the hope, one of the hopes that Musk was, or that they were talking about that Musk would do, would be that he would find a way to have the banks weasel out of their obligation. Now, what's interesting about this is the banks, from a reputational standpoint, really can't back out because that would put a bad light on their ability to get future deals. Bank America, Barclays, it would be like, no, we'll go to J.P. Morgan, we'll go to Goldman. So they have to continue on and back the the deal. So, wow. And Musk is going to turn Twitter, he says, into a super app. He tweeted that buying Twitter no is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, super apps is a term to describe an app that is often acts as, let's see what it says here, as a one-stop shop for all your mobile needs. For example, you might order a taxi or food via the app and at the same time do payments and messaging. This is kind of like what they do with WeChat in, yeah, WeChat. in Asia. Yeah, which is a is a lock-in type of app because there's really no competition to anything like that because it's not allowed by the government. Right. Uh, which is different than our system, which would have competition. Uh, so it's not like a monopoly like WeChat is. It seems pretty amazing that if, in fact, all the advancements that we have from Instagram, Facebook, and name all your other, that Twitter is going to somehow turn into this. Yeah. <laughs> somehow is the operative word. Uh, Far-fetched is probably and could, could the word. <laughs> you do a substitute word for some somehow to not. <laughs> not yeah. <laughs> will not turn into this. Mm. I mean, it, it, and if Musk is right about all the bots, you have to wonder how he's going to, you, you have to wonder how um, it's going to look after the buy. After no, the bot, well, I don't know what he's going to do. Defense mm. stocks are a pretty good uh, buy these days. Gained 5% uh, in 2022, uh, inclusive of Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, L3 Harris, and Lidos. 5.8% in 2022. There's an actual ETF that you can buy if you're interested. It's um, ITA is the symbol. It has Boeing in it, but it has these names and others that are a big part of it. And if you think that this whole wartime game that's going on here and possibly heating up in China, Taiwan, as well as other places around the world, could be an interesting place to park some money. Mm. At the same time, small cap's getting hammered. Small cap PE, the price earnings ratio for small caps is a chart. Let's see if I can copy this to the chat room. This is all available on um, all these charts and all the show notes are available. Did I do it? I don't know if I did it. Uh, control V. No, it didn't work. Copy, image, link. I'll put that in. Okay. So uh, the, these are all available on the show notes. Episode number 625 over on dhunplug.com. And by the way, when you, while you're there, a couple things to note. We are actually in process right now of switching servers and switching provider, hosting providers, and doing a lot to help security. There's a lot of people trying to hack you know, sites these days. It's, we all know that, but it's, it's annoying. Um, and I don't know why this didn't work. I'm trying to click the button. It's not seemingly working, but okay. Um, hello. So the, the thing is that you can go over there and you can, um, 
post a, uh, a quick uh, button or push a button and give a donation. We could really use your help right now. Of all times, we could use it right now because a big move between development, transfers, backups, you know, all this junk that's involved in this whole thing, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't know why this is not working. And what you're trying to do now will be working better. Yeah, it seems that way. This is just, uh, but anyway, take a look at this chart. You can see the small cap valuations. The forward PE uh, from 1985 to 2021 is the chart here. And we're yeah. hitting close to the lows that we saw last in 09. 09. Yeah, 09. The 709 uh, collapse is, we're there. It, Not as bad as the, as the, as the dot-com collapse, though. No, it, yes, it is. No, you're, you're not you looking look at the right through, dates. I'm looking at 89 to 91. That's the dot. No. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, what am I thinking? Oh, yeah, it's worse. What happened in 89 and 91? Uh, was It was uh, 87 was a crash, right? Yeah, that was a, a flash crash, yep. and it came out of that. And then we had this. Crazy. Clinton got elected is the only thing I can think of. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Then it just climbed steadily after that. Uh, yeah, we didn't, uh, chat room, we didn't get it charted there. So you'll have to go over to the uh, show notes again, episode 625. Yeah, there it goes right there. Somehow it just appeared. Uh, it took 10 minutes to get into the chat. That is the weirdest thing ever. Okay. Uh, let's see here. FedEx, warning again, 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 again. Ground division that handles most of the company's e-commerce deliveries plans to lower volume forecast because its customers plan to ship fewer holiday packages. How this about the customers can't afford using their service? <laughs> well, the ground side, though, you really don't have much of a choice. What do you have? You have UPS. You have you got UPS and a post, post office. Post office post is office, reasonable. And you have the Amazon process, too, the Amazon delivery. Right. Why don't I, can I use Amazon delivery for something my package? Maybe if you're a uh, part of the third party sellers. No, I'm not. Yeah. But let's just say uh, the post office is reasonable. They have good service works. Mm -hmm. All right. UPS is good. FedEx is too expensive. Well, for whatever reason, this is a big issue. The changes, this is what they quoted. The changes will reflect the latest information from customers about how they anticipate current conditions and are likely to increase their volumes. Now, uh, this is a whole thing globally, by the way. Many of the FedEx delivery contractors weren't surprised by this. They have been um, adding, they have not been adding holiday trucks and helpers on the bet that FedEx management has once again overestimated Christmas demand for a second year in a row. Mm. Kind of interesting. That means they're going to be wrong. All right, listen, what else do we got? Jamie Dimon out. Uh, he said expects to enter a recession in six to nine months. This is, this is another really fascinating discussion in how we saw the IMF saying, hey, you know, things are going to get a lot worse. It's like, you know, hold on. Um, and we see the various people like Muhammad Alari and all these other guys, you know, what they're talking about. Jamie ba Dimon, who has been a critic and, is, and has been a critic and has been a very accurate, I don't want to say accurate, he's been a realist, Right. He says, oh, Europe's already in a recession. S&P could easily go down another 20%. Who's, who, I don't know who says that kind of stuff from his position. Pretty radical. Pretty it's radical. already gone down quite a bit. I think he's pissed off that his stock is, is down 35% this year. He probably yeah. lost a hunk of money. He expects the U.S. to enter a recession in the next six to nine months. Recommends getting capital now. Saying, if you need money, go get it. That was, 
I, that was fascinating. There, there's two meanings to that. One is, hey, we got a great sale on for you right now. You know, get the capital before rates go up, before banks start shutting down lending, which mm. and start tightening up uh, lending uh, requirements. Believes the Fed should have started tightening earlier. So just a real negative Nelly there. So we'll see what happens here. The results of banks this week that are going to be reported. What's his track record look like for this sort of thing? He's pretty, he's pretty reasonable. He, he's the one that talked about the hurricane and big storm approaching. He said there's a storm approaching. We don't know if it's going to be a direct hit hurricane or if at least it's, but it's going to be a storm. That's what he said about a year ago. So he's vague. Well, now he's starting to say that, you know what, uh, he's just like a weatherman. You know, he'll, he'll adjust his, his, his forecast as you get closer to the, the, the bell. Yeah, and then, it'd be, then, it, then the forecast becomes, oh, we just missed a bullet. Yeah, I, I was right. Uh, I said that a storm was coming, but it just skirted by a little bit. It was there. It was Dodged the bullet. Dodged the bullet. Dodged the bullet. Yeah. Okay. Analysts are expecting uh, J.P. Morgan to drop 24% in terms of earnings. Net income at Citigroup and Wells Fargo's forecast to decline 23% and 11% respectively. Investing banking powerhouse Goldman Sachs is expected to report a 46% plunge in profit when it reports on October 18th. And earnings at uh, Morgan Stanley is soon to seem to be falling 28%, which is interesting. On that note, I would, this is a crazy commentary, I'd buy Goldman and short Morgan. Morgan has a much bigger footprint in Europe, much bigger. So if they're expecting a 46% drop in Goldman, but 28% in Morgan, and there's any kind of misses, it's going to affect, I think, Morgan much more, uh, much, much greater. Oh, no. I'm not All saying, right. I'm not suggesting do that, but just an idea. Kramer in reverse. Total capital management, uh, let's see what they're doing. So here's, there's some questions about this inverse Kramer fund. Symbol's going to be S. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Jim. Oh, short Jim. Short Jim or L. Jim. <laughs> well, you know, somebody in the early days, this is a long time ago, they, when he first started doing that show, there's a group of people online that were tracking his predictions. And uh, I know one of the predictions he made about a stock I had holdings in, which is Armour. Holdings, he was telling the sell, 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 it went up probably doubled or tripled and then got bought out by some other company. Uh, is that the hot dog and food company? No, Armor Holdings is a, a munitions uh, oh. security operation. I was thinking about Armor Hot Dogs. And um, so he was way off on that. And I never trusted him since, but these people have uh, um, followed him and said, you know, he's just pretty much half right and half wrong. So all you have to be in his business, you know, and, and, and he's a showman, although I can't, I, I have, with all the respect, he's one of the smartest guys you can imagine. He has more stuff in that brain of his. He's, 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 he yeah, he's is, supposed to be a, a, something of a genius yeah, a bit of or a savant, savant more yeah. of a savant. Correct. But and at the same time, uh, I, I, I can't listen to him. He's, I find him hard to, to listen to the way he talks. Oh. Yeah, he's, 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 he's all over uh, the place. He mumbles, he's there. Blah, 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 blah. It's like he's, you know, on all sorts of like speed and stuff. Like more massive. It seems coffee. like he's on on something. Yeah. Um, but what I, they, you know, I would, I was just do a lot of work for CNBC, and uh, I would uh, come on to uh, 
I forgot who Bartaremo's show, not Bartaremo, but the other one that when it's uh, over on uh, CNN. Anyway, she would have, she had one of these shows, and you come on and do a thing. If, if, if Kramer would do a, a thing before I was supposed to get on, and he'd hog the whole segment. Oh. I got no time. I hate that. Anyway, uh, we won't get into that. But there's a, some commentary on the uh, show notes on, on exactly how they're going to pick these stocks. British government, I mean, we need to talk about this because I'm going to bang through this and everybody needs to understand this because there's a lot going on here with regard to what's happening. Uh, and again, there was some stuff today. So the British government made a big U-turn last week, actually on Monday, uh, on one of its tax cuts that contributes to extreme bond market turmoil last week. The finance minister, Kwasi Kwarteng, said he would now not cut the top rate of the income tax from 45% as planned and uh, listen to intense domestic and international criticism of the plan. And that helped to boast of the pound up to about $1.12, but the U.S. government bonds were still kind of crazy. People were like, wait a minute, you're going to do this kind of crap? I am not going to be on the other end of the borrowing where you have to pay me back one day because you're screwing up. So a giant loss of confidence. Now, follow-up. Um, on Monday, the bank announced it's going to widen the scope of its daily gilt or the bond purchases and include purchase of index-linked gilts. They cited a material risk to financial stability arising from a route in... So today's Tuesday. Just remember this. Today's Tuesday. So Monday afternoon, we get some of this. Then they come in and they say they're going to do that. Okay, great. They said it's a material risk to the financial stability arising from a route in British government bonds, known, known as gilts. Um, and they, they said they're going to they're going to buy up to about five billion pounds or five billion dollars of index-linked debt per day starting Tuesday, starting Tuesday. Now Tuesday afternoon, right? That's Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. That's today. The Bank of England warns its emergency support measures are going to end on Friday. Tells pension funds that they need to get their rebalance done by Friday. Get out. Wait a minute. So they were going to buy all these bonds, and they. Decided against it? Nope. They they said that they did. They 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 said we're going to start buying five billion pounds a day. Yeah, five but if you say that, that a day doesn't mean for three days, four days. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. People are like, huh? What are you talking? It's unbelievable, right? And there's huge yeah, amount it of seems leverage. Seems like they don't know what the hell they're doing. This is bad. They should just continue buying it till they can just cool markets down a little bit. Seriously. Yeah, they should just bite the bullet and buy these gills until they. Can't buy anymore. I would much rather have inflation than a bond collapse. How about you? Uh, I don't like either one of these things. Right, but you don't want a bond collapse. Then you're really screwed. Well, you're screwed if you have inflation, too, it seems to me. You are screwed, but at least you can lend money and it's a higher rate and there's a problem with it. But at least you're functioning from, an, from a financial standpoint. Stability standpoint. Yeah, point well taken. You know, uh, government intervention. We saw today the Biden bonehead gang is out with a gig economy discussion saying that, um, uh, that gig economy. Th they're going to introduce rules to make it harder for companies to declare workers contractors rather than employees. Well, there goes gig. Yeah. Uber down 12%, Lyft down 13%, Airbnb down 6%, Etsy down 6% on this news. How's Etsy got anything to do with this? They're giggers. You Not sell an really. Etsy, you're gonna have to be an employee, I guess. If, you can't. This doesn't make any sense at all. If you crochet sweaters on Etsy, you should be an employee. They're saying. 
Yeah, you're going to get medical? Yeah, of course. That's the point. Well, I'm going to go crochet a couple of sweaters, get yeah. some medical. You should get on the vinegar book and then put it on Etsy and you get a whole plan. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in easy street. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I thought we'd do a section this, this evening called Stop the Presses, Here's Some Good News. Because not a lot of that going around, right? Uh, no. Follow up on the hot dogs from Costco. Yeah. Costco's chief financial officer has suggested that the wholesaler will keep his famous hot dog and soda combo at $1.50 forever. Yeah. 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 That's good so we, we, I, I follow this, this stuff at Costco. And, of course, they don't have the Polish sausage anymore. It's just the hot dog, which actually is probably tastier. Because I used to always get the Polish, and I forget if I get the hot dog. I think the hot dog tastes better, but it's beside the point. What about the chicken? They have not mentioned the chicken. The chicken is yep. not going to last at that price. Five dollar chicken, not going to last. Four ninety five, yeah, four ninety nine. But it does replace some of the marketing budget that you could peel down off of the advertising, and to say like a pharmacy would put cans of tuna at the pharmacy counter to bring people to the back. Well, the chicken, the idea of the chicken was to bring people to the back because it's always in the back as mm-hmm. far as, whereas the hot dog, you can just go in and get a hot dog and leave. You don't even have to go into the store. Assuming you have a membership. Yeah, but still. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in another piece of good news, there's only two, Israel and Lebanon have brokered a historical agreement to resolve a long-running maritime border dispute on Tuesday following months of negotiation Mediated by the United States, and supposedly this—I didn't even include this—but supposedly something about how it's going to help the world's energy prices come down. I okay. I don't know if it's a, by this. This has got to have Suez. something to do with the Leviathan oil reserves off the coast, maybe. Because that is right there. It's a big pile of oil, and they don't know what to do about it. China COVID cases on the rise again, lockdowns and shutdowns again. Win is down 12.5% on the news Monday after a big up when Macau was recently re- reopened. Down another 10% day, down about 20% in two days. Win, 22% on the news that China's just not getting beyond this crap. It is not getting, it is not, not making any progress at all with this whole COVID thing. It's only two years, though, I guess, right? Well, it could go on forever the way they're handling it. It's going to, don't you think? I don't see it ending unless they get rid of the uh, G. They unless they get rid of the guy who runs the country. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, right now, also, we're having some problems with uh, China. Relations with China are on the chopping block. The Biden administration on Friday published a sweeping set of export controls, including the measure to cut China out from certain semiconductor chips made anywhere in the world with U.S. equipment. What, so, what U.S. equipment are we talking about? Anything U.S. The, the U.S. equipment that's all manufactured in Japan? Yes. If you have, I'm just going to, you know, just lay out a, a ridiculous thing, but applied materials fab system that creates a, a chip with all parts from non-U.S. I mean, in other words, Chinese part, you can't use it because it's something to do with U.S. was in there. Uh, good luck. Now, this is an executive order, by the way. So yeah. 
Every president, we always complain about, oh, my God, the use of executive orders, right? And if you're a Democrat, when Democrats do it, you put the thumb up. If a Republican and the Republicans do it, you got the thumb up. But you got the thumb down when the others do it, right? Yeah. I can't believe this guy with all the executive orders. You know, so. But what's interesting is it seems like Congress is getting less and less important. If we just have all these presidential. That's been, that's been. That has been going on consistently since the invention of the administrative state with all these agencies that are making, literally making law. They assigned an agency to allow it to make law instead of should, what should be going through the legislature. Uh, no, you guys go, you EPA guys, just go make your own laws and we'll just uh, give you the go ahead to make those enforceable. And so they make all the laws and uh, these other guys make all the laws. Everyone makes laws, but the, but Congress. And so why, why stop there? Just let the, uh, the president make a bunch of laws too. It's insane. Just uh, they were pear shaped. Um, and finally in this section, uh, Latin America, the worst in a horrible list in terms of murders seems that over 200 environmentalists were killed globally in 2021, but three-quarters of them were from Latin America. The total is less than the 227 killed in 2020, but represents an increase for countries like Mexico, Brazil, Nicaragua, and Peru. Mexico had 54 cases of environmental defenders killed last year. This is a, this is a serious game. What, what's Why are they getting killed? I guess people are pissed off. Maybe they got... Who know? Maybe... You know, these are the kind of people that put themselves in front of a truck that's delivering oh, oil. Yeah. yeah, that could be. That'd get you killed. That'll get you definitely killed. Huh. Never heard that. Okay. News to me. All right. Uh, let's see here. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Yeah, if we were to keep this going, by the way, we need donations too. This is a lot of uh, activity with different servers that are feeding pricing and uh, calculations back and forth to provide for a list of how things are doing. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just going to hit that donation button one more time. I'm not kidding around. I don't care if there's inflation, deflation, up markets, down markets. You know, listen, at the end of the day, I do believe. See how I did that there? I do believe that we need to have more do nations. See, it's do nations. Do nation. D-O nations. Uh, you want to take some of these stocks real quick? Yeah, let's go with what we just picked recently, uh, last show. Yeah. I picked Walt Disney. I shorted it. It's up. Mm -hmm. I picked Ford Motor Company. I shorted it. It's up. Mm -hmm. Not by a lot, but it's up. Mm -hmm. The other two shorts on here, Adobe. It's up mm -hmm. and Costco, which is the was the one that didn't really take off right away. Short, 
So all the shorts are up. That's all I can say. Shorts the rest off. of the stuff is hanging in there. Hang on, uh, please. Just a moment. You missed something. Glaringly missed something. Well, yeah, there's one here that oh, was yeah. a long. Yeah. It was one of those soup, one of the ones nobody ever invests in because it's too risky. <laughs> Pro shares ultra, ultra, the tripler or whatever the hell it is. Yes, the triple. You picked that and it's up by a lot. That was two shows you ago. You had it under oversold oil. I would have bet against it, but mm -hmm. I didn't have the guts to actually do the betting against it. But yeah, okay, one long paid off, but... <sighs> It's actually, uh, yeah, it's it's an abnormal situation. It's not a stock per se. It's but it's you know, a, it's an, it's the equivalent of an ETF that invests in oil and gas uh, services, et cetera, companies. Yeah, uh, yeah. The XLE times three, pretty much. Yeah, times three. So, what do you got for this week? I I don't really have. I was looking for something to short, and because uh, I figured I'd do that a couple more times before the short thing stop, stops paying off. And uh, there's a lot of possibilities. There's Amazon and Tesla and even Facebook. Um, Apple looks like a good short. Microsoft looks like a good short. I think I'm going to, just to be funny, I think I'm going to short Amazon. Really? Hysterical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's take this here. Let's copy. Where is this here? Uh, you know, I was thinking that maybe uh, an interesting... Just here, it, uh, short right here. Okay, the what's the thesis? Funny? No, the thesis is that the market has a ways to go before it bottoms out. Ways to go. Okay, and that's a GCD. I'm going long ITA, which what's is the that? that is the ETF, not a triple or anything like that. Another it, one. It's not. It says not. No, it's another. It says ETF. an ETF. Well, it's an ETF, but because I'm, I, I'm, I'm. I'm it is the conglomeration of the aerospace and uh, defense. Oh, the stocks. one that we you talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Aeros aerospace. Yeah, that, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah war stocks. Yeah, I'd war go stocks long play. war, short anything else. Right, long war. Long war, a short fund. That is the point. We do need a war right now, don't we? It is we got the right. One. It is the right time to really get this thing going. Yeah, well, definitely for those guys, Lockheed. I mean, I'd go long Lockheed. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the number one in here. Yeah, that's the one to go with. I think Lockheed and Raytheon. That's Raytheon, another one. I think is the other one is it's Lockheed and a Grumman. Yeah, Grumman is a big one too in here. I think the top few are like twenty five or thirty percent of the top. So sure, there you go. All right, well, uh, we're going to end it here, and I'll mention earlier twenty fifth. There's going to be no show. I'm going to be out of town. Another no show. No, this. I'm sorry. So we're only doing dock, two shows in October. Dock my pay, will you please? <laughs> What day, what day are you going to, what day are we talking about, 25th? Uh, the 25th. I will be at a meeting out of town. Oh, a meeting out of town. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the drinking club is back in business. Fancy schmancy, aren't we? All right, well, I'll see you next Tuesday. Okay, see then. you then. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. 
Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice and stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.